Before we start this episode, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners on the land on which we're recording this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to their elders, both past, present, and emerging. Always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Hey, I'm sports journalist Sam Squires. Welcome to One Her Game. In my role as a sports journalist, I've always tried to be an advocate for female athletes, not only to highlight their achievements, but to put a spotlight on the issues that are affecting all women in sport. I'm going to keep bringing you compelling interviews from accomplished athletes every two weeks, but every other week, I'm going to tackle a big issue facing women in sport. So I'm excited to say welcome everyone to the first episode of On Her Mind. And this week, we're going to be talking about the controversy surrounding the Australian national netball team, the Diamonds, and their new sponsor, Hancock Prospecting. And to do that, I'm pleased to say I have sports journalist and a champion of women's sports, Selena Steele, with me. Thanks for joining me, Selena. (laughs) Thanks, Sam. (laughs) First, a little bit of background on this story, because you yourself have broken some massive stories to do with netball this year, two in particular that really collide in this issue. Last week, you broke the story that there were urgent talks underway with Netball Australia and the Diamonds ahead of the Constellation Cup because there were issues with their sponsor. The players expressed concerns about the new sponsor, Hancock Prospecting, and were refusing to wear their dress with their logo on it. The extended background to this is the fact that Netball is in a dire financial situation. Another massive story that you broke earlier on this year and that Netball Australia is, in fact, $7 million in the red. They really needed a sponsor. It's been called a lifeline. Hancock Prospecting came on board in a $15 million deal over four, four years. years, right? But first of all, I want to touch on the fact, something that I've been with this story really frustrated, confused about, um, and that, of course, is the changing narrative of this because it started talking about the issues that the players were concerned about were environmental concerns because Hancock Prospecting is a mining company and, you know, they had personal views on that and didn't support that. Uh, Then all of a sudden, a couple of days later, the narrative and the dialogue changed and it focused solely on Danelle Wallen, who is the only Indigenous First Nations player in the squad at the moment. And then suddenly everyone was focusing on that. And to me, that seemed almost unfair when there were other issues that players had with the mm. sponsor, yet they were focusing right on Danelle and leaving her out there to really cop a lot of the discussion and also a lot of criticism as well. Mm, I think when Danelle first raised her concerns and her concerns were raised weeks and weeks ago uh, about the sponsorship, I don't think she herself expected what has transpired since. Um, you definitely cannot separate the funding problems of Netball Australia and the current situation but it actually extends back to communication between the executive mm. and the players. And that is ultimately the crux of this. Um, Kelly Ryan has come on board as the, the new CEO. And I'll say straight up, I'm a massive advocate for Kelly. I think she is one of the, for the, for the first time, has come in to treat Apple as a business. And it is a business. Mm. It's up against AFLW now, uh, WBBL, mm. NRLW, et cetera, et cetera. So, and she inherited this problem, we have mm. to say, in terms of the debt that Netball finds herself in. It wasn't part of her administration. She inherited that when she came on board. 
as Netball CEO. Yeah, it was a long-standing debt. And just to be clear on that as well, um, the figure of $7 millions over the past two years, which was COVID-impacted, but mm-hmm. Netball Australia's debt extends far further back than that under previous administration. So Kelly has an uh, AFL background and ha- has come in and is running Netball as a business mm. with that lens from coming from that AFL background. So suddenly you have a sport that where it's not so much decisions made by committee. Mm. Um, the netball community itself perhaps hasn't adapted to change as well as other codes. Mm. Not at all. So <laughs> <laughs> every change, basically you're saying Kelly Ryan's come in, she's made some big decisions and had to make big decisions for the benefit of the sports organisation, which is no longer a community organisation. If we want netball to be fully professional and we want to be able to challenge the big wigs of AFLW, NRLW and WBBL in cricket, then, you know, changes had to be made. You can't run it as a community organisation anymore. But a lot of those decisions, a lot of the... uh, how should we put it? Rusted on You're netball, netball fans. fans. You know, I'm you not rusted going. on netball fan as <laughs> we well. Are. We play I, it and we yeah, love it. We still play it. We're um, still going to get trolled, Sam. Every weekend we are going to get trolled. <laughs> Big decision here. You know, for instance, the super shot that mm. she brought in, we get two points for a long bomb um, in the last five minutes of, of every quarter and then people had problems with that. It was the most exciting thing they ever brought in. We don't want to digress, but the netball fans hated that decision and it... I don't want to digress, but to give the the background to the situation. So previously, the executive would heavily consult with senior players. Uh, this isn't happening as frequently under Kelly Ryan. So, and this does stem from Supershot mm. selling the grand final. Suddenly, a new um, sponsor is named. The the players were aware that Kelly was obviously chasing new sponsorship and sure. sponsorship deals. And and to be frank. There was a push for um, private equity and Kelly is not against that at all. I've mm-hmm. had a number of discussions with mm-hmm. Kelly about that, but just not in the time frame that was being pushed by certain groups um, that have popped up with offers. So, um, but in regards to not consulting the players, and so this does stem from all that and then suddenly you've got this sponsorship deal. They knew a sponsorship was coming. They didn't know who from. Mm. But should players be consulted <laughs> about big decisions like that. Would we see that in NRL or AFL where, you know, the NRL and Peter Volandi signs a new big sponsor and he has to put it past the players? Because you could argue that if that was the case, then nothing ever would get done in a business. If every decision that had to come from the CEO had to be put to the players. I know they are an important part of this, but I feel like no matter what sponsor, there could have been a problem there and it would have just obstructed things unnecessarily. And of, of course, and then there's the other question, should athletes be forced to represent a sponsor? I think what you have mm. in this day and age is, is, and particularly with Nepal, they're such well-rounded individuals. It's semi-professional. So keeping that in mind, they, they're studying, they're having jobs. I mean, I've had discussions about fracking with Nepal. It's like, I can't, I've never, in 30 years of sports journalism, I've never had that conversation with an NRL player. Mm. So these are um, maybe so, David Pocock in rugby sorry, league. Yes, probably. Well, sorry, yes, probably. Sorry, I would have been in the rugby league. Um, <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, but uh, they're they're athletes that actually have that social conscience. So these are the questions they're asking themselves. So when Danelle stood up and said, "Look, I have some reservations about wearing this sponsor," the whole mm. playing group heard her, and that's another unique thing about the Diamonds, which I love. They stand united. Mm. They are a united team. We can talk about the Manly Seven. 
Mm-hmm. We can talk with about the Pride jersey. With the Pride jersey, we can talk about Sonny Bill Williams. Mm-hmm. But what you had is a national team standing up together, and that is also another difference that stands out from the other codes. Mm. That could be a good thing, right? I know they're getting blasted, are being talked about as like woke netballers and and the like, and copying a lot of criticism. But that is a beautiful thing about this sport, and something that they should be applauded for. Absolutely. And those commentators um, saying it's, it's they're being woke, et cetera, et cetera, they're also not professional. And I think they're comparing apples and oranges and when they're comparing it to likes of um, male professional sport. Mm. In terms of that, you talk about Danelle's objection, but there were also other objections on environmental reasons. Are you saying Danelle's reasons? And, you know, we have to be aware as well, we are two white women and we don't want to speak on behalf of Danelle or mm. Indigenous First Nations people, because that's not right at all. That's not our lived experience at all. Um, But, you know, it did start off talking about environmental issues and then shift over to Indigenous issues as well. So are they still in that netball group concerns about and having that social conscience about environmental issues with having a mining sponsor? 100%. 100%. Even prior to Hancock coming on board, I mean, the, there were questions about origin. I know some of the players were concerned about origin and fracking. That's why I mentioned fracking. So it's, I think, we're seeing these different issues bubble up. And you're right, that conversation has changed, whether it's environmental, um, now we're talking about Indigenous issues. I think overall, it all, st- we have to keep in mind it stems from poor communication and mm. the players feel like they weren't consulted. Um, Sharon Finnan, you know, mentioned the other day that she would love to see Gina Reinhardt actually reach out to Danelle mm. and have a conversation because the netball players themselves, they they do want this to work. They know they need this sponsorship. It's $15 million over It's a lot years, of money. A lot of money. And it does go to their high-performance players and their playing group. Mm. So the, as a playing group, they do want it to mm. work. Saying that, Hancock also sponsors swimming, sponsored swimming for 30-something years. They sponsor volleyball, synchronised swimming, rowing as well. This is, I mean, they've been associated with other sports. They also contribute to the Olympic Committee mm-hmm. as as well. Um, so why hasn't this been an issue before? Why for netball? I think well, one of those reasons is we're talking about that well-rounded athlete that mm-hmm. we mentioned before. And also I think right now, if you look at uh, the timing and the environment right now, and that these girls stand together. I can't see the entire rowing. You know, I went to Japan and, and covered um, the rowing there. I cannot see the rowing community standing together the way the Diamonds did. Mm. So you're talking about on the court In, seven. Yeah. Right? So it's a smaller group as well. So they're, they're a very, very tight squad. Do you think about diamonds. individual sports compared to team sports, yeah, which I, we have with netball? 100%. So you mentioned swimming, uh, beach volleyball, yes. You know, there's, somewhat, yeah. Yeah, somewhat. Um, but... Netball is a true team sport and, and that the ball has to move through every third. It has to go through every set of, set of hands mm. in, that, in that third. So, sorry. Mm, you go. So um, it's vastly different to swimming and, you know, we've read examples of Gina um, wanting to meet certain athletes at certain times, be it the rowers or be it the swimming, mm. you know, that kind of thing. But the Nepalers have stood together, sisters in arms. Mm. That's their motto. They live by that motto. Mm. It should be commended for sticking together as well. But if we're talking about communication with Netball Australia, and that has been the crux of the issue, not just for, for this situation, but for previous situations. But I have to bring up, I think the Netballers and the players 
their own communication about this issue has been super poor. And I've been really disappointed in it, even to the point where we had Joe Weston, who's an Australian diamond, who is, I think she's the Players Association representative as well. You know, I work night shift at Fox Sports and I know she put this tweet out a few days ago, right in the middle of this, this drama. It didn't quite make sense. She said, I feel like I have to say something as a representative that we talked to Nipple Australia. We were happy to wear the dress for the first four games, and then she had, but then for one game, the, the tweet didn't make sense to the point where uh, people were messaging her back with these memes of uh, the beautiful mind and all these mathematical equations floating up in the air because no one could quite understand this. And then within 20 minutes, she deleted that post and then she didn't say anything as well. For a long time, we didn't know where the players stood on anything, environment, on with Danelle's situation. We didn't know they stuck together and we weren't hearing directly for from them. And I think that's where, you know, if I have to be critical, that's where they let themselves down in not being able to be confident enough to put these issues out in the public or make an earlier statement, which could have stopped a lot of the criticism. Well, Sam, I don't think any player wants to be responsible for losing a $15 million sponsorship straight up. Mm. It's a lot of pressure. Also, it hasn't been asked of our netballers before to be in that space. Mm. So suddenly they're facing questions they've never faced before. They want the sport to be professional. They're not professional, but we're we're asking them to act in that media, are asking mm. them, myself included, to act in that space. And they haven't been exposed to that before. Mm. So I can understand on social media, if you've come out with something and then it's like, oh dear, and you, suddenly you've got a call take from someone saying, well, hang on a minute, we're still trying to navigate mm. that. Mm. Okay, I'll take it down. So you're right in terms of the Players Association um, and the players themselves having viewpoint, but they're still in crisis talks, to mm. be honest. Mm. I just feel like I really, I felt like we needed to hear from them sooner because there was so much innuendo, so much different discussion going on and they're in the middle of it, almost just being silent on this. And I felt if you're brave enough to take a stand to this and take it to Netball Australia, you should be brave enough also to be able to to put out a statement or make a statement earlier, I think that would have helped their cause to have heard from mm. similar. I know before all this blew up, the discussions with a lot of players um, has has been around that transparency and having open communication. This has blown up, then they've gone to ground. Mm. So absolutely at stake and in their minds is that $15 million over four years. And the fact that, you know, Kelly Ryan and the executive are trying to work with the Players Association to resolve it. Mm. Another point that we've seen this week, talking about uh, sports that are making these kind of stands, Pat Cummins, the Australian cricket captain, has had discussions with Cricket Australia because he has uh, taken issue with their sponsor, Alinta Energy, and he had discussions about that. Um, so this has come out just after the netballers also, you know, voicing their discuss- their disappointment or their issues with the sponsor. Super interesting time for sport. My question to you first is, how do you think, because in the past, a male athlete does the same as a female athlete, and there has been completely different responses to that in the public and through the media. How did you find the dialogue this week with Pat Cummins' situation and the netballer's situation? Look, I think we're seeing a trend emerging now where players don't want to compromise their own brand and, and social media. They're well more aware of their brand. And bearing in mind, Alinta came on board after Sandpaper Gate. There were very few companies that wanted to touch that Australian men's team mm. post that. So Cricket Australia 
naturally accepted that. Um, and again, there would have been conversations back then and, and mm. there no doubt would have been conversations in terms of, um, you know, the environmental impact and taking sponsors like that. But that the position of cricket at that time was vastly different to the position now. Cricket can afford to walk away from the Olympic sponsorship and someone will step in. Netball's not in the same position. Mm. If you're talking about the timing, I just I just think... Has it been say- fairly though? Has it been fair the response on how the public and the media have responded to the situation with Pat Cummins compared to to the netballers? <laughs> Is it fair? Um, but has it been the same? You know what I mean? Because in the past we used to see them and they were two athletes, female athlete would do the same as a male athlete, but it would have a completely different response and people would react to that differently. I felt di- this week yeah. that it was... It was quite fair. Yep. So I just thought that was an interesting point to where we've, we've come uh-huh. in women's yep. sports and in sport in general because in the past I don't think that would have happened. But the Australian miss- men's team wouldn't sit out a game en masse. They wouldn't say we're all going to go into that game. Not and they haven't. Have and they, they haven't. Yeah. Right? So mm. you've, Diamonds, that's, that's first up mm-hmm. a point of difference. Diamonds have collectively stood united. Mm. And secondly, with... Danelle and, you know, not wearing the logo, you're talking about a $15 million sponsorship. Who else is there to step in? So very much at the forefront of their mind is, are we going to lose this sponsorship? Mm. As I said, cricket, someone will fill that void. Mm. Every sponsor of sport we could have, like, an issue with. You could take anything out of any sponsor and have an issue and where would that leave Mm. sport? I mean... And if you, you're looking at the sports sponsors who have the deeper pockets, they are sometimes you know, the companies, how do I put this, that maybe people could take issue with. Gambling, alcohol, we're seeing it with mining as mm. well and energy companies mm. as well. So I'm super challenged this. I like it on one hand, but then I think where is this leading sport? And there is, you, it's, it's dangerous as well for athletes because there's a lot of hypocrisy and I think I'm fairly as well. Like Pat Cummins is copying it this week, <laughs> talking about, well, you know, you've still got your Range Rover, that's like a fuel yeah. guzzler and yeah. blah, blah. Like even I, I think Tony Jones from Channel 9 was saying, well, what about the cricket bat? That's made of wood. I was like, okay, this is getting a little bit. Yeah, how far do you take it? Exactly. And also if you're in protesting uh, that, like where, where is the uniform made? Is it, you know, is it what way Well, I took issue when they were talking about environment they were like that doesn't match netball's values I'm like well where is the environment round for netball (laughs) are there dresses made of recycled plastics like where has netball ever stood you know in terms of their values being environmentally based never so I kind of was a bit challenged by that I'm like this is great I love it and you know I'm a greenie from way back I live in the rainforest but still was quite challenged by that I'm thinking you're leading yourself down a field you have to live your values as athletes fully if you are going to take a stand mm. because there are people out there that will nitpick absolutely everything. Going back to Danelle, she hasn't made her Australian debut yet um, and is likely to against England in the series coming up. You know, I, I feel deeply for her that she hasn't made her debut yet and she's feeling the stress and the pressure of this. But mm. for something like this, Danelle's from WA, Hancock Prospecting have a very long, obviously, relationship with people of WA. Um, Danelle's intimately... Um, aware, aware of mm. you know of the past. So and and also what's continuing to happen in terms of the mining space and indigenous land over there. So mm. um, it's a very personal issue for her, and it's mm. something she she raised. I don't think she expected the whole. She was surprised when the whole team 
supported back her and backed her the way they did. Yeah. Then obviously the, the flow of that conversation has changed mm. uh, in terms of, well, okay, we, what are the ramifications of that? Um, but Hancock have been, I mean, that decision not to wear the logo in the, in the, in the Constellation Cup, that, that was in agreement and with Hancock's knowledge as well. Mm. They don't want to walk away. Like they also don't want to walk away from the sponsorship. They've said they're mm. committed to seeing it through and coming mm-hmm. to some compromise. What does that look like? Yeah. I think it starts with a conversation. Yeah. So this could be a positive thing, right? Like what's happened mm. now in terms even on Hancock's side to say, okay, well, this is what people are thinking. We need to address this, talking about communication, maybe Hancock's own communication with their business and, and what they're doing, this could turn out to be a positive thing, even though at the moment it feels like netball is copying a lot of criticism. There's a lot of positives to take out of this and I hope that's what happens moving forward. I think it's great that they're not going to pull out, that they're going to stick this through. How they go about doing that, I think we'll probably just have to wait and see. Wait and see. And also one of those positive pathways, if we're looking at Danelle being the third Indigenous player, yeah. Netball Australia may be looking at their Indigenous Pathways program and what they can do in that space. Because this has been a big issue with Netball. And we have to say, this is a fantastic moment for Danelle and for First Nations people and for Netball. Mm. I mean, she will become just the third ever First Nations person to represent netball, the, the Australian diamonds. There's only been two others. And the last one, Sharon Finn and White, was it was over 20 years ago, am I right? Yeah. It's a long on. time ago. Yeah. So, the back of Marsha Ella, who was yeah. the first. Yeah. This is a fantastic moment. I don't want any this situation to take the limelight off Danelle because she's worked really, really hard. And this is a positive, incredible moment for Australian sport if she does make her debut. And I hope she does. Me too. Hey, it's been great chatting about this, um, delving deep into it. Selena, thank you so much for joining me here. Thanks, Sam. 